لله نحمده ونستعينه ونستغفره ونعوذ بالله من شرور انفسنا ومن سيئات اعمالنا من يهده الله فلا مضل له ومن يضلل فلا هادي له واشهد ان لا اله الا الله واشهد ان محمدا عبده ورسوله اما بعد فان خير الكلام كلام الله وخير الهدي هدي محمد صلى الله عليه وسلم وشر الامور محدثاتها وكل محدثه بدعه وكل بدعه ضلاله وكل ضلاله في النار اعوذ بالله السميع العليم من الشيطان الرجيم بسم الله الرحمن الرحيم سبحان الله ومن احسن من الله سبحه ونحن له عابدون dear brothers and sisters in islam the topic this evening has been announced to you related to this topic nowadays three words are very popular one is fundamentalism second is jihad and the third is terrorism these are the three words which are associated unfortunately with islam now if they just mean fundamentals of islam then it is not uh, something which uh, we should surprise the people or we should disturb the people because even in this country the previous prime minister john major had invited the people to return back to basics and what are the basics fundamentals if it means the religion then in europe itself i was uh, just visiting 10 days ago norway and uh, this is the first hand information that christianity is taught from the second year in primary till the last year of secondary that is one of one of the subjects which is to be learned by each and every student whether he is a muslim or a christian because the state there sponsors the church and one of the benefits of this scheme is that even the muslims are benefiting as the church as the church is receiving the aid from the government similarly each and every mosque is receiving aid from the government as well to run the mosque that is one benefit but on the other hand they have to they have to learn christianity their children should read christianity in the schools that it mean just some symptoms which are seen in the muslim society like the beard no it should not be uh, something alarming to the people go to stanford hill and see see yourself the jews with their beards and with their caps black caps and they are still living here for so many years and no objection has been raised against them is it just hijab which is worn by our women what about the nuns if you see a nun her dress is very similar to the dress of a muslim woman our basics are the fundamentals of islam which are the five pillars of islam declaration of la ilaha illallah muhammadur rasulullah the prayer zakat fasting and hajj there is no objection ever raised against them in the west you are free to build your mosques you are free to declare shahada you pray you give zakat you go for hajj you fast in the month of ramadan and that is the same thing in america in other parts of europe 
So these basics are not objected by, by the West at all. Then why this uh, stereotype of uh, the Muslim picture here in the West, which associate the Muslims with terrorism, with fundamentalism, we should try to find out what is the real problem. What is the real problem? And before I tell you about the real problem, I just want to give you this joke. And that is, once a Hindu and Muslim were wrestling with each other. The Hindu was uh, very built up and uh, very strong person. The Muslim was very thin. The Hindu threw him down on the ground, sat on his back, hitting him hard and crying as well. People asked him, why are you crying? You have thrown the person on the ground, you are sitting on his back and still you are crying. He said, I am crying because whenever this person gets up, he is going to hit me back. This is why I am crying. That is the fear from, from the Muslims. And the evidence about that is, the famous historian Oldham Tyndale has spoken about different civilizations. And he said there are civilizations which can be described as fossilized, just fossils, like Jewish civilization. There are civilizations which are sleeping, like Islamic civilization. And he says that every sleeping person has to get up one day. So, he is the same person all the time, all the time who said that, I warn, I warn the West from creating Israel in the heart of the Muslim land. Why? Because it is going to unite the Muslim lands, and then they could easily fight Israel. He did not love Islam, he did not love the Muslim lands, but he wanted to save the Jewish people. This is why he said so. So, in the West, Muslims, they are described as people who may be sleeping now, but they are just like a, a monster which may uh, come to his senses at any day. And uh, this is why one of the prime ministers of this country in the last century, he said, that as long as these two surahs, Surah Al-Anfar and Surah Al-Tawbah, are read in the Qur'an, Muslims people are not going to sit quiet. They will rise again and again. So the real difficulty is the Islamic civilization. Now the Western, especially America, wants to globalize its own civilization, the civilization of McDonald's, Burger, genes, that is the civilization which they want to globalize it everywhere. And only people who can resist it, they are the Muslims. Not the Chinese or Japanese, not at all. That is the main problem. And this is why this famous uh, professor Samuel Hattington of Harvard, had written in his, uh, in his book, Clashes of Civilization, in his article, Clashes of Civilization, in 1996. He said that in 21st century, if there was any clash on an international level, it would be between the Western civilization and the Islamic civilization. Now, the arguments which he has advanced I'm going to speak about them later, at the end of this lecture. But before that, we should understand that each civilization is based upon some thoughts, some ideologies. The ideology which you got, that is the basis of the civilization. If the previous civilization, if the previous deen, they are good for the people.
the previous religion and to bring the new one, Al-Islam, or to revive Al-Islam. The people say that uh, there is no united Islamic civilization. People in Nigeria, their attire is different from those in Turkey, in Pakistan, in India. Their way of uh, eating, their way of food, their way of treatment is different. That is totally, that is totally absurd. Why? What is civilization? There is a difference between civilization and culture. You are talking about the different aspects of culture, not the civilization. If you want to define the civilization, then civilization is such social attitudes which come into existence based upon the concept of man about the universe and his concept about his creator. That is the source of civilization. And the culture is the detailed manifestation of these behaviors and attitudes. Just take the example of, uh, of the dress. In Islamic civilization, the dress, there are certain conditions. It should cover the body, and it should be sorted. It should not be very, very expensive. It should not resemble other nations and other people. Men dress should not resemble women dress and vice versa. These are the conditions which are for a Muslim dress. And then you can have any type of dress. This is why the dresses are different from nation to nation, from country to country. We can say that Islamic civilization is based upon some ethical norms and some religious beliefs. Unlike the Western civilization, which is based upon the Roman mythology, Greek mythology, and the movements of feminism, liberalism, which the last century has witnessed in the West. Especially in this country, the movement of feminism, which was advanced by Mary Wollstonecraft in 1792. Her famous book is Vindication of the Rights of Women, in which she said that there is no need for marriage at all. Marriage institution should be abolished. One of uh, the very famous thinkers of the West, John Stuart Mill, also said that marriage is just a slavery. It is allowed according to our law. But she says that the bond of marriage is nothing but prostitution. And then came gay and lesbian movements. And their slogan was for many years, feminism is the theory, lesbianism is the practice. In 90s, such literature came in the West, which propagated one thing, that the woman did not need the man at all. And even if they want to, if you want to grow the population, if you want to have children, then artificial insemination is enough. There is no need for, for the institution of marriage. These are uh, the basis of the Western civilization. Of course, there was an objection to all these thoughts. That all the women accepted these thoughts in America in 1973-74. They wanted to introduce this bill which is known as Equal Rights Amendment. To give the women equal rights. One of the famous women who stood against it was Shayla Fly. And she said very clearly, a woman should be treated like a woman, not like a man. And certainly not a sex-neutral person. And they got posters and slogans saying 
We do not want to be men. But these were just cried in the desert. So the civilizations which they feared, that is the Muslim civilization, and let us take, find out its uh, characteristics. The first thing which is imminent in the Muslim civilization and Islamic civilization, that is, it is based upon the will of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala dictates what he likes. And because he is our creator, we have to accept his Quran. For example, when he said, وَقَضَى رَبُّكَ أَلَّا تَعْبُدُوا إِلَّا إِيَّاهُ وَبِالْوَالِدَيْنِ إِحْسَانًا That becomes qala, that becomes decree, that you must not worship except him and treat your parents nicer. وَمَا تَشَاهُونَ إِلَّا أَنْ يَشَاءَ اللَّهُ رَبُّ الْعَالَمِينَ You don't will anything except Allah wills it. So, by your will, nothing could happen until the will of Allah Taala is associated with your will, with Allah's will. On the other hand, in the Western civilization, the concept of God is just like an old man. After creating this universe, now he is taking rest. He got nothing to do with this universe at all. It is just like a watchmaker. After making the watch, he got nothing to do with the watch. This is how they have treated God. Secondly, in Islamic civilization, the main constitution, the main constitution of our life is Quran. Quran which is explained by a sunnah, by the Prophet In Western civilization, the state constitution is always man-made. You must have a business to make laws for the public. And that system, which is uh, in some countries based upon democracy, in some countries based upon socialism or communism, it differs from one country to another country, but all is man-made. Nothing is inspired by Allah SWT. And that is a very, very great difference. Number three, we have a very shining example in the life of our Prophet Muhammad And then, even we have many more examples how to rule, how to, to live like a good citizen in the life of our four caliphs. Sayyidina Abu Bakr, Sayyidina Umar, Sayyidina Usman, Sayyidina Ali, so we have some examples, not some, many, many examples to which we refer back. In the West, what are the examples? Most of the European people, they got only one example and that is Viking. And what is Viking? Pirates. That is the past of most of the European people. They were just pirates. Once I was traveling with uh, a gentleman, English gentleman, uh, we were uh, traveling by air to Jidda, and uh, we were talking, and I asked him this question that uh, during the time when uh, British Empire was really British Empire, they used to say that, that the sun never sets in British Empire. So what is the meaning of that? Of course I knew the meaning, but I wanted to, to find out his explanation for this thing. The sun never sets in British Empire. What did he say? He said, Mr. Hassan, we people, we were pirates. We used to plunder. And we used to steal the other nations. So God did not want, did not want night upon us because he knew that if there is a night, these people will come out and they do their business, plundering and stealing and robbing the people. This is why he let the sun shine always on the British Empire. I thought, I think he has spoken the truth. The fourth character of uh, the Islamic civilization is that our day, 24 hours, 
Each day they are regulated by the prayer. And during the month of Ramadan by the fasting. One author, uh, the Western Muslim author, has said a very fine thing that in Islam it is work and pray. Work and pray. But in the Western theology it is work and play. That is the difference between two of them. Now, in the West, time is regulated by the timing of the work, the time you open your office, and the time you close it. This is how they regulate their time. There is no regard for, for the prayer at all. I know when uh, I was in Medina, they used to start uh, in Ramadan, they used to start very early, just after Fajr. Just after Fajr, why? Because uh, they know the people are awake at uh, the time of Fajr. They can go to work because there is no breakfast after you have started your fasting. And you can close at the time of Zohar. It is normally hot in Arabia. You come by Zohar time at home. You take rest till Asr. And of course that is uh, the start time at Maghrib. So our time is always regulated by the prayer. The fifth sign, which is or the fifth character, that is about the money, the wealth. Wealth is treated as a trust, amana, as a trust in uh, in Islam. And Allah SWT has said, وَفِي أَمْوَالِهِمْ حَقٌ مَعْلُومٌ لِلسَّائِلِ وَالْمَحْرُومٌ and there is a right known in their wealth for the beggars and the needy. So our economy is based upon the cuts. Unlike the economy of the West, first of all it is based upon riba, upon usury, upon interest. And secondly, there is no concept of trust at all. This is your money. You just spent it as you like. Nobody is going to ask you questions of why, why you are spending your money in gambling. In the same way, the market is free. If you want to become a millionaire through pornography, then you are free to do that. But in an Islamic state, it would be, it would not be allowed at all. The sixth character would be. That is about modesty, al-haya. The word haya actually can't be translated into English or in any Western language because there is no concept of haya in the, in the Western culture. What is haya? The only word which we have found out after a lot of struggle that is modesty. But you know that when you say this person is very modest, it means very humble. So it is not the translation of uh, the word haya at all. If you people, because you are brought up here, if you can bring me another word, I can use it in my lectures later. Huh? The haya. Our children are brought up on haya right from the beginning. The Prophet ﷺ has given this advice that uh, teach your children prayer at the age of seven. And smack them at the age of ten if they don't pray. And separate them in the beds. You teach them how to cover themselves. And especially you teach your girls, your daughters, how to come out with full dress upon them. Right from a very tender age. Now this type of concept is totally missing in the Western, in the Western society. And what is, uh, what is the consequence of that? In Western society, it is free mixing society, where there is no haya between man and woman. Women are, are exposed to the men in their offices, places of their work, in the markets, everywhere. And this is why 
the man is not loyal to his wife and the wife is not loyal to her husband. And this is why most of the marriages in the West, they, they are just failure. They say that out of five marriages, three marriages come to an end with divorce. How many single mothers in this society? Yes, uh, this, uh, this type of character is, is also found in the Muslim society. Why? Because we are living in the West. So this is why we are impressed by this society and we are taking some of their colors. Seventh character is about the role of man and woman. We say that the role of man or woman is complementary to each other in Islam. On the other hand, in the West we keep on insisting that the role is equal. Man is equal to the woman, woman is equal to the man. But we say, no, the role is different. Yes, in the eyes of Allah SWT they are, they are equal. Their reward is equal. But when it comes to the role, then it is different. Take this example from Surah Yusuf. When Yusuf alayhi salam said to his father, is qala Yusuf ya abati inni ra'aytu ahada ashara kawkaban wa shamsa wal kamara ra'aytuhun li sajideen. When Yusuf said to his father, O oh my father, I have seen eleven stars, sun and moon, all of them prostrating to me. That was the dream of Sayyidina Yusuf What did he mean by eleven stars? His brothers. What did he mean by Ashamsu al the sun and the moon? His father and his mother, man and woman. Sun stands for a man and woman. The sun stands for man, and the moon stands for the woman. That is uh, acceptable, but some people they say that because Shams is a feminine gender in uh, Arabic language, it stands for mother, and moon stands, or Kamar stands for masculine gender, so it stands for man. Anyhow, our woman should be happy that uh, Shams is not uh, greater and bigger than the moon. So here, this example is a very good example. Man and woman, they are just like sun and moon. And as you know that, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has given them, both of them, a separate orbit. Now, each one of them is only rotating in its own orbit. They never think to clash with the other. But if they want to, if someone of them wants to clash with the other, you can imagine what is going to, to happen to the universe. That will be the last day, the doom day for this universe, if they clash with each other. Allah SWT is telling us in the same way, we are given to different roles. The role of woman is different from the role of the man. Each should stick to his or her own role. And this is how you can make a very good society, a very good house. But if you want to clash with each other, then that would be the end of that house. In the West we said that women are equal to men, but uh, actually the women, they are just, they are made a very easy stock for, for, for ads, for advertisements, and nothing else. They were telling us uh, a few days ago that the women, they are working as soldiers as well. And there are some women who prove their excellence in competitions, in very, very hard competitions in the army. But then they said, but these women are to be kept away from the front line. Front line is only for men. So where is the equality then?
And in the West we've got equal numbers of women. They said that uh, the women, they can be given their, the seat of president, but in America, in the 200 years history of America, no woman president is found. Right. The eighth character of the Islamic civilization is Mualat, or the friendship. Friendship with whom? Not on the basis of economy, basis of politics, basis of your own interests, only on one basis and that is being. That is religion. That is Mualat in Islam. But in the Western civilization, all the mualat of friendship is based upon your economic interest, or political interest, or any other interest. They say that uh, we don't uh, count the religion as a factor which can affect our relationship with others. But you can see that they are liars. The Christian states, they go hand in hand with, with other Christian states. They got sympathy with the Jewish state, which shows that they have the concentration of the religion as well. Ninth character, a Muslim is true to himself, and he is also very clear in his statement to the non-Muslims. Allah SWT said, وَإِنْ جَنَهُ لِسَّلْمِ فَجْنَا نَحَا وَتَمَكَّنَ اللَّهِ إِنَّهُ وَالسَّلِيُّ الْعَلِيمِ If they incline towards peace, then go for peace. Have dependence upon Allah SWT. He listens, he knows. In the same way, when you want to declare a war, then it should not be a secret war. You have to declare that war. وَإِمَّا تَخَافَنَّ مِنْ قَوْمٍ خِيَانَةً فَانْبِذْ إِلَيْهِمْ عَلَى سَوَاءٍ إِنَّ اللَّهَ لَا يُحِبُّ الْخَائِنِينَ And if you fear from some people betrayal, then throw their treaty to them على سَوَاءٍ on equal terms. Tell them that there is no more treaty between us and you. And now we are open for war. Because Allah SWT does not like those people who betray him. As far as uh, in the West, you can say that their policy is sheer hypocrisy and nifaq. Those people who are uh, trying to, to gain their freedom in Kashmir, they are terrorists in their eyes. And those who wanted freedom in East Timur, they were freedom fighters. So this is why they were given their freedom. In the same way, what the Palestinians are doing in their homeland, to save their homeland, their own houses, to defend themselves, that is terrorism. Similarly, what the Kashmiri people are doing in Kashmir, to gain their liberty, that is terrorism. But what Israel is doing in Palestine, what America has done in Afghanistan, what India has done in Kashmir, that is not terrorism. So that is a clear, a clear hypocrisy which is practiced by the West. And here we can uh, have a note about jihad. Because there are so many misconceptions about jihad as well. Muslims are labeled that they are doing jihad everywhere. What is jihad? The real principle is the principle of al-amru bil-ma'roof wal-nahi al-munkar. Enjoying what is good and forbid what is evil. That is what Allah SWT demanded from the Muslim Ummah. If you see any evil done anywhere, 
any injustice done anywhere. And if you got the power, try to erase it. Try to remove it. That is the Nahyani Mulk. Even when Muslims in the second century invaded Spain, the famous uh, conquest of Tariq ibn Riyadh, why did they go there? Because the Christians themselves, they invited them to come against the tyranny of Mordred, one of the kings there. So actually that was the motive to remove the evil, to remove the suffering of the people. This is why when Syria was conquered by the Muslims in the times of Sayyidina Umar, people there, they used to write to each other and tell each other that now we are governed by people who are very just and very kind. We have never seen in history so kind people at all as we have seen the Arabs at that time. So Muslims was, or the Muslim jihad was to remove the injustice, to remove the evil. And what is the greater evil that you yourself, you are subjected to? To a war, to aggression. In your own country, you are invaded by aliens, like Afghanistan, when they were attacked by Russia. And everybody knows that you have to defend your own country. If Muslims do it, they say it is jihad. Because there is a condition for jihad that jihad should be in the way of Allah. Jihad fi sabilillah. Jahidu fi sabilillah. Yujahiduna fi sabilillah. Not for expansion. Not to gain land. Not like Hitler. No. Just to raise the banner of Allah high. That is the main purpose of jihad. So there were so many fightings. And these fightings which in Islamic history they are known as jihad. But in, in the Western society they are known just as battles, wars. But wars of expansion. Wars of gaining land which belongs to other people. So why do they object to to the Muslims when they try to remove the evil, when they themselves have raised so many wars thinking that the other party is an, is an evil. This is why they have made the war. Why Britain has gone 8,000 miles away to Argentine, to Falklands, just to save, as they are saying at that time, just to save 60,000 sheep. Yes, that was, to them it was an evil. 60,000 sheep should be saved, huh? with some farmers, of course, who, who are staying there or living there. So they have done it. For a just cause. They said that it is a just cause for us. Why America has uh, subjected Afghanistan to this uh, barbaric bombardment. In their eyes, it was an evil. There was an evil. They want to remove that evil. This is what they thought. So our idea of jihad is very clear that it is only to remove the evil from the land or to defend yourself. And nobody can object anybody for about defending himself, defending his country. Why those countries which were invaded by the Muslims in the second century, like Egypt, Syria, Libya, Tunisia, West Africa, all of them, even after the Muslims had left, they did not leave Islam. Even after Arabs had left, they did not leave Islam. They remained Muslims. Because these were not the war of imperialism. On the other hand, Western countries have colonized so many of our countries, India, Pakistan, in Africa, a lot of countries, in Far East, Indonesia, 
Malaysia. All these countries were colonized by many Western powers. And within 100 years, 150 years, 200 years, there were liberation movements. And they were successful in, li in liberating themselves from their imperialist masters. That is a very clear difference between the war of imperialism and the jihad of the Muslims. Take another aspect of uh, of the Muslim civilization are the concepts, the concept of Shahada, martyrdom. Now these people define Muslims, they are very great. They can even uh, jump into the group of the, the enemy which is, which is in number, great more than their number. They don't care about it. Why? Because they know that if they die, they die Shaheed. Now this concept of Shahada is frightening them. And this is why they are dictated to the Muslims, after the Muslim ulama and the Muslim rulers as well, that declare all such people who are killing the Jews, for example, in Israel, declare them that they are not Shaheed. That is a part of our belief that the person who dies for Islam, he is in a Jannah. In the Battle of Uhud, in the Battle of Uhud, when there were some slogans exchanged between the Muslims and Al Kuffar, when Abu Sufyan shouted and said, when the Muslims were defeated in the beginning, he said and shouted, Lana Uzza wala Uzza lakum. We got Uzza, but you got no Uzza with you. And the Prophet said to the believers, to Sahaba, reply back, Allahu Mawlana wala Mawla lakum. Allah is our Mawla and you got no Mawla at all. And they said, Minna Qateel wa Minkum Qateel. If uh, they are killing among us, they are killing among you as well. And Prophet said, reply to them, Qatlana fi jannah wa qatlakum fi nar. But our people, our people who are killed, they are in jannah. And your people who are killed, they are in the hellfire. They are not equal. So that concept of martyrdom, which is found among the Muslims, is frightening them a lot. Because they can't motivate their masses to fight. What is the motivation? Apart from nationalism. Because you belong to this country, this, you have to fight for this country. And this is why it is so. The coward nature of uh, the Jewish people, Allah has said in the Quran, and he has depicted the picture of the Jews very beautifully. لَأَنْتُمْ أَشَدُّ رَحْبَةً فِي صُدُورِهِمْ مِنَ اللَّهِ ذَلِكَ بِأَنَّهُمْ قَوْمٌ لَا يَفْقَهُونَ لَا يُقَاتِلُونَكُمْ جَمِيعًا إِلَّا فِي قُرَى مُحَصَّلَةٍ أَوْ مِنْ وَرَاءِ جُدُرٍ بَعْصُهُمْ بَيْنَهُمْ شَدِيدٌ تَحْسَبُهُمْ جَمِيعًا وَقُلُوبُهُمْ شَتَّى ذَلِكَ بِأَنَّهُمْ قَوْمٌ لَا يَعْقِلُونَ You are more scary to them in their chest then the fear of Allah SWT, because these people, they got no fiqh, no understanding at all. They are not going to fight you except in their fortified castles, or from behind the walls. They themselves, they fight among themselves as well. You think that they are together? No, they are not together. Kulubuhum shatta, their hearts are split. This is because these people, they got no aql, no understanding at all. 
Now in the end, let me take uh, uh, the evidence which was provided by Huntington. Two, just two, two of his uh, evidences. When he said that if there is a clash of civilization, it would be between the Muslim civilization and the Western civilization. He says that the defense budget of the Christian countries is on decrease. On the other hand, the budget of the Muslim countries, the defense budget of the Muslim countries is on increase. So it means that the Muslims, they got the tendency to fight and fight and keep on fighting. That is a fallacy. The answer is that these people in the West, they have already piled up this war equipment in such a great number that they don't need it now, especially after the Cold War has come to an end. They don't need it. This is why they want to decrease it. Even if they decrease it, even then, the total budget of, uh, of the Muslim countries for defense is about 3% only of just one, one country in the West and that is America. Even now, all what the Muslim country possess is far less than the Western countries possess, or the non-Muslim countries possess. They say that Pakistan got 15 atom bombs, India got 65. And the whole world, the whole world, all the atom bombs throughout the world, there are 35,000. So what these uh, 15 atom bombs are going to do uh, in face of 35,000? Now let us take a look upon uh, the warhead in the Western countries, including one Eastern country which is India. America, 12,070, with the range of 13,000 kilometers. Britain, 380, with the range of 10,000 kilometers. France, 500, with the range of 3,300. Uh, Russia, 28,500 warheads with the range of 11,000 kilometers. Israel just got about 46 to 112 warheads with the range of 930. India, 65 warheads with the range of 2,500. Pakistan, only 15 to 25 with the range of 1,000, but recently they had this uh, experiment of uh, 2,500 kilometers as well. The second evidence which is advanced by Huntington is that from 1928 to 1979 there were 142 clashes throughout the world. Among them, 76 in which Muslims were involved. Such a great number. Say Muslims are everywhere huh, in all the clashes. And what is the answer to that? Look at that period, 1928 onward. That is the period when the Muslim countries, they were struggling for independence. Who colonized them? Western powers. They wanted to liberate themselves from these Western powers. This is why they were struggling. So it means that these clashes had been imposed upon them. Let me say once again that the real problem in the West, that is the Islamic civilization. Because nowadays America, America wants to prevail everywhere. There is one thing which uh, people have learned from the history, that if you want to remain united, then you must have an enemy. The existence of an enemy is always a uniting factor for 
فلا يكمل الحمد لله ان باكستان يتاك الله سبحانه وتعالى في ذات في ذات من يتميزون عيد المسلمين ذا and they have said that always occupy yourself with some some work don't sit idle if you got no work no work at all don't sit idle tear your clothes and then sew them once again yes this is yourself if you don't have an enemy create an enemy yes this is the policy if you don't have enemy create an enemy after the fall of communism there was no more enemy for the west so they had to create an enemy and that was islam so my dear brothers and sisters that is that is the main problem that is the main problem that is said islamic civilization which is posed depicted as an enemy to the western civilization but we have a message for them We have a message for them. Don't think that Muslims are your enemy. No, not at all. Allah Subhanahu wa Taala has mentioned Ahlul Kitab, the Jews and the Christians, closer to the Muslims than any other people. The whole book is full with the mention of Ahlul Kitab. Kull ya Ahlul Kitab, kull ya Ahlul Kitab. Ta'ala ila kalimatin sawa'in bainana wa bainana. ولا نعبد الا الله ولا نشرك به شيئا you are allowed to marry women from our kitab you are allowed to eat their zabih all these concessions is only for our kitab we are closer to them than al mushrikeen so it means that things which can bring us closer to each other are more than the things which can make us separate but this message is not reaching the ears of the west because of the influence of the jewish lobby or the zionist lobby that is the duty of muslims in the west to make the message of islam very clear to the west we are not your enemy we are your friends and the friend always wants something good for his friends and we are telling them that if you accept this if you accept this now you will be having that paradise and jannah such a great reward sabiqu ila maghfiratin min rabbik wa jannatin arduha ka'ala as-samaa'i wal ardh we are inviting them to a great reward and they want to invite us just for fighting and battle and there is a hell of difference between our concept and their concept our thinking and their thinking they want something good for them they want something bad for us anyhow with this message of islam which is the message of uh, of peace i come to the conclusion of the speech jazakumullahu khairan wa sallallahu ta'ala ala nabiyyina muhammad wa ala alihi wa sahbihi